What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews. Presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and we're back, y'all. We took a little bit of a hiatus, but we are back live in effect. want to thank all the fans out there stateside and worldwide for sticking in there with us and not giving up on us in this little hiatus. As you know, life can be a little unpredictable, but we're back. And we're going to give you some heat for the summertime. Got a lot of great things coming up and some reviews of some albums that you do not forget. So please make sure that y'all are going to the website. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there and check out all the back catalog of episodes. You can also get to all of our social media pages as well. And you can also get to our Buy Me A Coffee page. You click on the coffee cup in the bottom left-hand corner of the page. It'll bring you there to make a small monetary donation just a token of your appreciation and to make sure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. Also, we have our merchandise store there. You can go to vaultclassicpod.com, go to the merchandise store, buy cups, t-shirts, even a little bit early, you can get some hoodies, tumblers, iPhone cases, you name it, we got it right there in the merch store. So go there and check that out, pick up some merchandise and support the show. We greatly appreciate everything that you all do. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today we're going to go back 30 years ago to June 22nd, 1993. And the third album by none other than Tony, Tony Tone, Sons of Soul, released on Wing Records and Mercury Records, recorded in 1993 at a number of different recording studios. And there's a bit of a story behind the recording process. For this album, Air LA, Paramount Recording, Westlake Recording on Hollywood, Pajama Studios in Oakland, also J Jam Recording in Oakland Hills, Paradise Recording in Sacramento, and also not to be forgotten, the famous Caribbean Sound Basin Studio in Marival outside of Port of Spain, Trinidad in the Caribbean. Yes, Tony, Tony, Tony took it all the way out to the Caribbean to record for this album, and we'll get to the background of the recording for this album in just a little bit in a runtime of 68 minutes and 54 seconds the producers executive producers on this the group themselves of course produced a big portion of this but had a number of different instrumentalists working on this album and also employed the services of hip-hop producer and dj member of a tribe called quest ali shaheed muhammad to also help produce on this album as well he worked with a lot of the programming drum programming on the album he, as you know, also joined Raphael Sadiq in the very short-lived but ultra-popular and cult-popular group of Lucy Pearl with Don Robinson in the late 90s to early 2000s. The singles from Sons of Soul, the first one, If I Had No Loot, released June 
1993, the ultra-popular classic track, Anniversary, released September 14th, 1993, Lay Your Head on My Pillow, released in January of 1994, Leaving, released in April of 94, and Slow Wine, released on July 19th, 1994. So Sons of Soul, their third album by Tony, 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 the trio from Oakland, California, the group made up of half-brothers Raphael Wiggins, a.k.a. Raphael Sadiq, and his half-brother Dwayne Wiggins and their cousin Timothy Riley. It was a follow-up to their ultra-hit sophomore album, The Revival, which to me, I think, really is what made them stars in the first place. It had the classic singles, You Know Them Well, Feels Good, whatever you want, and it never rains in Southern California. This album, Sons of Soul, continued on its predecessor success with a lot of experimentation on their sound. And as the opening track explains, it sort of gives you this transition that we were going through in R&B in the dying days of sort of New Jack Swing. Though it gave you that New Jack sound, you can tell that we were transitioning out of that New Jack sound into something different. But the influences from the album definitely were hip hop, even though we had a lot of soul presence, hence the title of the album. The drum beats on it were very hip hop in so many instances on a lot of tracks. This was present in the use of a drum machine that was used by those Raphael and also Dwayne, famously the classic SP-1200, and also Akai MPC-60, which they used to help come up with drum loops uh, to certain sounds that they worked on for the album. These were the samplers and drum machines that gave hip-hop its signature grit and polish at the same time of the rise of hip-hop in the 1980s. As we mentioned in our last review of Tony, Tony, Tony with House of Music, their last album that they put out in 1996, they have a very deep connection to soul music and to the roots of soul legends and musicians from their hometown of Oakland, California. For this album, they wanted to pay homage to the soul acts that inspired them. And as they explained, they are musically the sons of many of these acts, but they were doing so in a new school way with new school flavor. But the other influence in this album is also rooted in the Caribbean and West Indies musical and cultural roots. After being dismayed by a lot of their environment in the studios back in California, the group moved their recording sessions down to Trinidad and to the Caribbean Sound Basin studio right outside of the capital of Port of Spain. The studio was fairly new, was only built in 1990, and the owner was a Trinidadian businessman, Robert Amar, who built the studio and the facility wanting to attract all the top and local talent and also international recording artists with a great facility that provided a great environment for recording. And beyond just the state of art studio and recording equipment, Inside the facility also was a gym, a swimming pool, a sauna, a photography studio, and bedroom suite. So it really was a one-stop shop for everything that you needed to come into a tropical Caribbean country and spend your time there immersed in the culture and lifestyle, but then also get your business done when it came to recording an album. It provided a welcome respite from the normal recording process that they went through back at home. Also, being in Trinidad provided them with the cultural infusion of creativity that the album needed. While they were in Trinidad, they spent a great amount of time going to soca and dance hall parties in Trinidad, or FETs as we like to say sometimes in the Caribbean. They spent a lot of time going there, seeing what the atmosphere was like in the dance hall and soca parties, seeing what the music was like, seeing how the people reacted to the music. They also spent a lot of time, as Dwayne mentioned in interviews, almost every weekend going to block parties where there would be not hundreds, but thousands of people out on the street partying and having a great time by sound systems that were out on the street with large speakers and speaker systems being out there. And it provided them 
a firsthand authentic Caribbean experience. And the experience with the island and the culture made its impact on the album, as you can hear on the influences from these tracks, including the featured artist General Grant, who was on a few tracks here of Sons of Soul. So now we're going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So my first thoughts about Sons of Soul, when I listened to it, I would say right around the time when the album came out. When I first listened to it, I did not like it better than Revival. (laughs) Now, mind you, Revival was the album and the first time that I heard Tony, Tony, Tony when I was a kid. And it truly had so many of the songs that made me and many others in my generation fans of them in the first place. I mean, let's be real. I mean, if you listen to that revival album when it came out, I mean, the hits on here, when you talk about the feels good and it never rains in Southern California and whatever you want, like these were the songs that really, if you want to talk to a lot of Tony, Tony, Tony fans are the songs that if you talk about those three are probably within everybody's top five. (laughs) so that's kind of hard to beat and when you have an album like revival that really i would say put them on the map and had them right on everyone's trajectory in regards to r&b fans during that time it's hard to really think that you could top that but as i listened to this album a little bit more actually grew on me i think i caught on to it i would say around my sophomore year in college when i was digging a little deeper into my r&b catalogs for some groups that i liked but some of their albums that I may have missed or I was too young when the albums were originally released. Now, the one thing I will have to say that stuck by me, being as though that I was knee deep in my production experimentation was the drums on a lot of the tracks because they seemed very familiar to me. And then hearing that they were using like NPCs and also the SP-1200, that makes a lot of sense to me now knowing that because that's what a lot of hip hop producers use to make their beats, not just in the eighties and the nineties, but a lot of them are still using similar type machines and also production equipment now to make their beats to sort of create that same type of grit and also polish that were on those drum beats back then in the eighties and the nineties. But to me, the hypnotizing part about most of Tony, Tony, Tony's music is always the guitars. They are always the leading act in their albums. And you know why the guitarist front and center between Dwayne and Raphael, the work that they do on the guitars. I mean, it's absolutely sensational. And then also, as I really dug into the music and started listening to the vocal arrangements, I mean, the vocal arrangements on here are absolutely crazy. On some of the pieces like Leaving and Lay Your Head on My Pillow and on Anniversary are just wild. And musically, you can't argue with much because musicianship, when it comes to this band and this group, is always at the top of their priority list with them. So as time went on, it definitely reinforced my assessment of Tony, Tony, Tony. They were a bit of a unicorn of a group. They were a group that could record four different albums stretching over the period of, I would say almost a decade, give you four different sounds and vibes on each one of those albums and could leave you convinced that every one of those albums was the best that they had. And this album to me with Sons of Soul is no different. And after I got over that initial reaction of it not being revival and really sticking to those three songs that I mentioned are probably in my top five and three of my favorite from them all time. Once you look at it on face value and what this album was, you kind of get to respect the process that they went through. Now also mind you, they recorded over 40 tracks for this album And then whittled that down to the 15 that are on there right now, including the one skit that's about a half a minute long. So they went through a rigorous process to trying to get this album out there to the masses and follow up, which was a big hit in the revival. But then also to be able to give you a different sound and be willing to go 
and try different cultures and also infuse that within the music to give themselves a creative boost, you have to also give them props for that as well. Highlights and lowlights. So my highlights, first off, the first track, If I Had No Lou, is a classic Tony, Tony, Tony track because it gives you the sound sort of like that we were sort of departing from. And it's a great track. It's fun. It's upbeat and sort of sets the scene in the table for the rap. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Last of the album that we go into. The second track that we get goes into what goes around. I love this. Love the hard drums and love the funky feel on here. And then this is also the first track that you get. Trinidadian artist General Grant to lend his vocals also to this track as well. As we get into the next couple of tracks, we talk about Tell Me Mama. Uh, I think great, awesome vocal arrangements on there right there. Love Raphael's voice and what he does on that. But Leaving is probably within my top three favorite tracks on this album. Uh, Even better vocal arrangements and awesome guitars on this one. I love the Leaving. (laughs) Now... When we get into a little bit more of the track listing, it starts to then develop. The complexity of this album then starts to reveal itself. Getting into a track like Slow Wine, this to me, despite what anybody else thinks, this is the slow jam of the album. And what I love about it is the fact that using their experience of what they went through in Trinidad, Knowing and understanding that, yes, for those of y'all who are into Caribbean music and, we you know, we know that years after this, that a certain somebody made a song about slow wine. Well, Tony, 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 did it. it really was the first song that we learned and talked about when it came to slow wine and to understand and talk about, you know, the practice of getting a slow wine with somebody in a fat or in a party and really how it makes it being sensual and also sexual in some terms of the person that you're actually pursuing romantically it works for this album and i love the fact that they incorporated that into this record man love slow wine now lay your head on my pillow is a personal favorite of mine and again the guitars <laughs> the guitars and then raphael's vocals on this and that hook it's it's just awesome it's a song that's so awesome that even when i heard a remake of it it was almost 20 years later i heard stally do a remake of this and he interpolated it on a track that he did on, I want to say it was Saving You Set for one of those mixtapes where he used it called him with 808s. Kind of brought me back to that track. And when I heard it again, I went back both to the Stally track and I remember when I listened to this and even back then, this was one of my favorites. I love, love this track. I couldn't keep it to myself. Great opening and a great breakdown to start the song. And to me, This has a classic 70s soul group feel to it, um, sort of like way back in that era when you get the feel of how songs used to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like six to seven, eight minutes long, and you would really get into the instrumentation of it. But I love, couldn't keep it to myself, love the opening breakdown, love the way that feel and that sound just sort of gets back to sort of that soul influence from Oakland, California. Gangsta Groove was a song that really, really surprised me. It was, again, I wrote this note down as I was listening to the album this week. Guitars, people, guitars, sample, sample, sample. A track that to me could very easily also been a hip hop track as well as soul and R&B. Great storytelling on this as well. I mean, just being able to listen to this. It's almost like 
as I read one review of this album, they were saying that this is almost a song in form of black exploitation, like the movies. And it sounded just like that to me, like the plot line of a black PlayStation movie from the seventies and the story of this guy and, you know, him being a sugar daddy and a pimp and a hustler and a player and everything all put together. But I love the creativity on this track and also love the singing as well. Fun. To me, what it is, it's a fun track. It really is a fun track. I love the drums on here. Um, Raphael, of course, does this thing on here as well. Then we get into Anniversary. Oh, man, Anniversary. So we talked about all-time favorite tracks for Tony, Tony, Tony. I named three of them from Revival. This one is another one that's right up there in that top five is Anniversary. And not only that, but the version that you get on Anniversary on the album is a, a version that's probably about four to five minutes longer than what you get on the radio. This extended cut of Anniversary is awesome to listen to. And the breakdowns with no drums, with just the instrumentation, and then the strings in the background to hear the group sing even after the radio cut would cut out and to be able to hear them go back to the top again and restart the track again, I would say you almost connect to the track on another level when you hear that extended version. It really gives a feeling to me like when they perform this live and they do another version separate when they do from the album, and they sort of drag this on because they're milking this song and the crowd for everything that it's worth. I love Anniversary again. When you talk about vocal arrangements, vocal arrangements on this are absolutely crazy. Raphael doing only what he can do and the group just sort of really being in sync. And this is at one of those songs they hit the ball out of the park because this is one of those songs that when you talk to Tony, Tony, Tony fans is probably in their top five of favorites. And then a great way to close out the album with Castleers and a, a very short track, but very melodic to me almost sounds kind of spiritual with the way that Raphael is singing the background singers and the music. What, I would have to say for them in the process of not just recording this album, but producing it and then also having to pick the songs that would make the album a spiritual experience. It really was a great closeout and a wonderful way to close out the album. But those are my highlights. If I would have to say there's any lowlights for me slightly, and they're not huge lowlights, but I would have to say probably the Tony's in the wrong key. While I love the beat, the singing to me is not something that I'm particularly a fan of on this one. And maybe it's because the, uh, it seemed a little off to me. Maybe that's that was the whole point. I didn't like it though. And the song Dance Hall, while I can see what they were trying to accomplish, another song that features General Grant on this as well. I think execution as far as what they were trying to accomplish wasn't necessarily carried out perfectly. And I, I could see intention, A for effort, but for me, the execution wasn't wasn't all the way there. And it's it's fine, you know? They're not bad tracks. It just really necessarily wasn't for me personally. Overall, great production. The drum programming on some of the more hip-hop tracks are just absolutely exquisite. The live instrumentation, the guitars, the guitars, the guitars, and the strings on here are ethereal. They're absolutely blessed. And so you got to love that about Tony, 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 the musicianship and the music on here is always going to be on point. And that's something that you can't say about all the groups during this time period. A lot of them were on point, but when you really have an understanding and also a love affair with the music like these guys did, then it really starts to make sense and it becomes an experience. Final verdict. So my final verdict about Sons of Soul, and I know that we did a review for House of Music, and I said at that time that I believe that that to me was probably their most complete album 
in regards to bringing the elements of soul music together. And I still stand by that. But as I stated earlier, one of the things about Tony, 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 and they do is you can listen to all of their albums and you could also see when you listen to them after each one of them that you could see this probably was the best album that they put out. And for me, I feel that way strongly about their last three albums. And I feel like you could look at any one of those revival, Sons of Soul and House of Music and say, oh, yeah, that's definitely their best album. What I will say in regards to whether I think this is a classic, an essential album, dope, good, just OK. For me, I definitely say that it's a classic. I'll say that it's an album that when comparing it to the other albums in their catalog is one that has an identity all its own. It has a story all its own. And the story to me, I think, helps to add to when you understand the music and understand what it is you're listening to is sort of what gives this album a little bit of an edge for me from that essential into classic territory. And so knowing what they went through with this and then seeing the influences of those and listening to it many times over the years from when I first listened to it and didn't like it more than revival up until the point through college when I started to understand it more now that I'm older and having to know a little bit more about music and the process of making it and then listening to this one, I definitely say that this is a classic album. I mean, there are great singles on here with If I Had No Loot, Lay Your Head on My Pillow, with Slow Wine, with Leaving and with Anniversary, Anniversary being one of those jams. It's just that it's going to be their standards, the ones that when you're performing, the audience is waiting to hear. And by the way, they gave themselves a lot of ways to make royalties with every time somebody has an anniversary, this is the song that we all want to play for our significant others and spouses when we have that anniversary. Hey, I know on my first wedding anniversary, when I made a post with my wife, the song that I made mine from was from Tony, Tony, Tony anniversary. So there you go. So classic for me for Sons of Soul. It's an album that definitely reception wise is known by a lot of people for being the album that helped to bridge the gap between hip-hop and R&B, at least this particular form of R&B and hip-hop, because there were a lot of people that sort of still had a divide, and for them, they were able to link elements from both of them to make it still soul and R&B with a little bit of touch of hip-hop in there that made it respected by many people in all of those genres. So kudos and tip of the hat to them. Sons of Soul for Tony, 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 30 years old. What do y'all think? Hit us up on social media. Hit us up, of course, on all of your social media platforms that are available out there. We, of course, on TikTok, on Facebook, on IG, on YouTube. We are also on Twitter and Threads. Just started a thread. You already know how to find us, what the at is, at Vault Classic Pod. Hit us up. Let us know what you think about it. What's your favorite track from Sons of Soul? And what's your opinion on it? We'd love to continue the conversation. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel 
we do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.